It's green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says Tara, and Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Sprint Lane Podcast. Paul Cochran with you coming to you live from Club Menangle, uh, Tabcourt Park Menangle as we like to call it. Jess Watkins, welcome to the show. Hi Paul. Hi Freddie. Hello. Hello team. Hello Freddie. How are you holding up mate? You've got a bit of a uh, bit of a crook back. Uh, yeah, I've got a, uh, a glass back I think. I've moved this weekend and uh, I'm not faring real well. So if you see me grimacing if you're watching the live stream or if you hear me grimacing on the podcast, uh, it's just my back. We've all been there, mate, and uh, it's no fun. So if you need a if you need a break, I can't stop the podcast. But I, but we will excuse you if you need to. Just no, it's all it's all good. No, look, I'm, I'm here. Stool. I've had some anti-inflams and some neurofin, and uh, uh, I hope none of that swabs. By the way, yeah. um, but anyway, I've I've had that, and I'm I'm doing okay for the moment. But, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the stewards will be here soon, mate. Yeah, I know, that's what I've been looking, so, I've been looking uh, around. Be careful, be careful. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I knew this day would come. I knew it would be inevitable that one day we would go international. Just and, and so today's the day. We've got Kiwi Young Gun, Carter Del Getty on the show. Welcome, mate. G'day, guys. Mate, so good to have you in the studio. Um, like I said, inevitably we were going to go international one day, and here we are. Um, well. We hit you up before you before we went on air. Have you have you heard the show or have you seen it? And you said I've heard it's good. So <laughs> that's about <laughs> it, um, mate. What made you say yes to want to come on to our humble podcast? Oh well, I've heard you've had some pretty good guests on here before, so I thought I may as well join. Now you're uh, while you're here in Sydney, you're crashing with Jack Trainer. Now we had Jack on the show, and um, I must say you have come in in better nick than Jack was that day after he just. He just rolled out a handful of Group Ones. Uh, he'd had a he'd had a big circuit to celebrate. He knows how that. to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably why we're such good mates. <laughs> did he uh, did he prep you in any way and say this is what you're going to get from these guys when you come in and sit on that podcast? Well, I walked out and I said I'm off to do this podcast, and he said make sure you throw in a few one liners. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see how we go. A bit of Kiwi humour, yeah. not loss. Uh, how's your week been, Jess? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, been really busy, of course, leading into the carnival, but it's been good. Uh, good racing, Freddie. That must have been like a, a real appetizer on sort of a, a real good warm up. We keep talking about the warm up and the feeling that the carnival's with us, but Saturday night must have been fun to call. I think you know, we, we sort of look at the carnival, sort of, I, I guess, yeah, with Newcastle Mile, then the Chariots, into Ladies' Night, into the Miracle Mile, but the two Saturday nights that precede. Um, the Chariots, the Hondo Grattan and the Paleface, that's when you know really it's carnival time because that's when the real good horses start to either come back for their, you know, their, their tilt at the big races or obviously in uh, the case of the Chariots horses you know, look to qualify. Uh, we had the uh, Sibelia for the uh, for the Queen Elizabeth II coming up uh, in, in on Ladies' Night. That, that was a great night. A great race. So yeah, you, you sort of get that that air that it's starting. I I, I think we, we have an unofficial five week carnival, but yeah. of course uh, it's billed as the Carnival of Miracles, and uh, and so be it. But uh, yeah, it's a great time of uh, great time of the year. And the way Newcastle's extended its program oh, that into that clever. three week carnival Excellent. as well gives it gives it that extra extra longevity. Hey Carter, great to see so many um, visitors here this year. Obviously. Um, 
probably you're no stranger to these parts, but I know a lot of your your colleagues and peers from New Zealand are here for this carnival. And I, and I guess we could put that down to COVID, isn't it? That we haven't seen you guys for a few years as a group like this. Yeah, hundred percent. Like especially the horse I have with me now, Republican Party. He's been a really um, big victim of COVID because. He's four now and he's been so good early on, but he hasn't had the chance to travel. So we're finally here as a four-year-old. And yeah, I think um, like with travel, with the horses that we've travelled before, they just get better and better with it. So how's the, the – obviously you guys have got great carnivals there in New Zealand and, and other states have got great carnivals. How's this one viewed in your homeland? Oh, this one's massive just because it's three weeks in a row. Like you've got the chariots and then uh, the ladyship and then the mile. So it's sort of non-stop, which is really good and – Everybody loves the Miracle Mile, but having sort of a big race for every age group, that's probably the key to it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Freddie, if if we needed sort of a reminder that it's gone international, having guys like, like Carter and, and obviously Tim Williams and, you know, we know Blair Orange is on his way. But, you know, the, this, this, um, but we've got the interstaters as well. You mm-hmm. know, Nathan Dawson's been around and we've got, you know, the Victorians. Uh, Kate Gath was here on the weekend uh, we always see Greg Shooters and Chris. Yeah, on a race the other yep. night. As Sanderson's, well. yep, from Queensland. So it's got that real sort of centerpiece of the harness racing world theme to it, doesn't well, it? Well, we lost that. We lost that from probably 2020 once, or just after 2020. Um, certainly, the last two carnivals, 21 and 22, we we just lost that interstate slash international flavour. And you can just see, you can just feel it's a different uh, a different kettle of fish now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. All right, Carter, Republican Party, uh, obviously here with the Chariots of Fire Remont. Yeah, yeah, we we targeted this race a few months ago, and uh, before we raced in the New Zealand Derby, and he went a big race there. So we thought, oh, we may as well come over and give it a crack. Just what I was saying before, he's never travelled, so that was a big part of it. Takes a good horse to get into this race, Fred, but it's going to take an even better horse to win it. I mean, the calibre of field that uh, Clubman Angles managed to piece together for this one is incredible. Absolutely. And look, all the talks about Captain Ravishing, and, and it's drawn barrier one, um, you know, will something come up and take him on, or is it going to be a mad charge to try and find his back if he holds? It's, uh, it's it's an interesting race just on that that aspect. Some people have said to me they're really just racing for second. Now, you've got a horse in the race. You know otherwise. You are not racing for second prize money. You are racing to win the chariot. So I, I can't subscribe to that theory. Racing's a funny game. We've seen upsets in the past, and uh, there's no such thing as a certainty. But if there is, Captain Ravishing would be close to it. Jess, last year, this race, I, I know that King of Swing winning that historic three-peat in the Miracle Mile was unforgettable. It was a it was a big moment. But the Chariots of Fire was almost as big a moment in, as far as a memorable race goes. And we remember the stoush at the top, the, the fastest, you know, first quarter in, in the his, in history of Southern Hemisphere, wasn't it? So we almost remember the second horse as much as we, we remember the winner of that race with Bondi Lockdown. Um, it was a better eclipse, better wasn't eclipse it? Better eclipse for Jess and Greg So Sugars, this race yeah. has got some pedigree to it. It definitely does. And you see now what better eclipse has gone on to do. But also, just as you mentioned there, the second place horse, Bondi Lockdown, we know that he's now a serious Miracle Mile contender. So it really is the riding on the wall for a horse to step up to Grand Circuit Company. This is just to amplify how important the chariots is. I think you'll find, and I, I meant to do the stats, but with the move, I, I got a bit lost. But I think it's either the last nine 
Chariots of Fire winners that have raced in the Miracle Mile, they have placed and or won. They haven't missed a place. Uh, so that in itself shows you just how good a race it is. If you go back, you know, horses like Lazarus and, and, and uh, have faith in me, Lock they won yeah, Better Eclipse, you just mentioned. They won the Chariots, qualified, therefore, for the Miracle Mile, and they've placed and or won it. So it's an important race. So if you happen to come out on top, history, Carter, says that your horse is a, a definite live hope because history doesn't lie. And, and, and the only other thing, obviously, that becomes critical with the Miracle Mile is that the barrier draw, where they draw. I, I think it's got a pretty poor record if you draw six out. Um, but certainly from a viewpoint of the future, the Chariots is a real good pointer for the Miracle Mile. And Carter, is this one about... Because there's several opportunities to qualify for the Miracle Mile. You go in this one, go, hopefully we can knock that over early and then we can put the horse, you know, we can we can then taper to the big race. Is that, that would be the ideal plan, I guess. Yeah, like it's the mile is probably not a race we've really targeted with Republican Party, but the way he is and just the way he is through the week and, you know, if he happened to win on Saturday, I uh, would definitely jump at it. As you say, they've had a very good record in it, so... Yeah, would be up for um, yeah, giving it a crack. We last year we saw. I know that um, Clubman Angle hands out uh, wild cards for the race. So you got your automatic qualifiers. We saw a wild card come out of the Chariots of Fire last year, and that was Bondi Lockdown. So obviously the club views this race puts a lot of weight on this race, Jess. Yeah, I've obviously the directors who invite the horses, they do. And I think quite often there'll be horses that are invited from the chariots that don't win, that then run second or a placing that then go through to the Miracle Mile. So all eyes will definitely be here on Saturday night. And it's got history in being fast, Fred, a fast race. You've, you've got to run sub 150 to be fair income in the chariots. And therefore, that emphasises your capacity to then back up uh, in two weeks' time into the Miracle Mile and run run those quick times. 47 or something last year? Yeah, uh, 47.8 or something? Yeah, it's quick. Uh, and we've seen lots Obviously of 148s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's right. The, yeah. the, the speed was on from the get-go. Will we see that this year? Will, will there be someone willing to have a crack at uh, the captain early or, or will they be content to try and get to his back and... But how, how do you get to his back and then try and ping him? It's, it, he's just got that high speed. So it's it's, it's going to be a, a, a tactical race, not just for, for uh, Mark Pitt. It's going to be a tactical race for the other nine drivers because they've got to try and find a spot to get their best position. So um, I, I don't want you to give away anything right now because obviously you'll, there's still plenty of water to flow, but... Have you got a preconceived idea right now where you might like to see your horse? Yeah, well, initially I looked at the barrier draw and was sort of thought, oh, this is not ideal, but the more I dissect it, the more I think it'll work out all right because a lot of people think um, Captain Ravishing will get crossed, but personally I don't think he will. Like um, Good horses like Mark Pitt will give him a tap on the arse out of the gate and I think he'll really run. So uh, a lot of people will try, I'm sure, which will probably set up a pretty good first quarter and and our fella he is quick out but we probably won't use it initially um just early in the week but i think there'll be a really good running line spot for our guy if captain ravishing needed any more um i guess glow <laughs> to to what what he can bring to this race uh 
certainly delivered that a fortnight ago at Melton, Jess. Came out and won the, you know, the, was it the third on the card or something like that? By 20 20 20 yeah, by 22 metres there at Melton. It was uh, as convincing, um, as authoritative, as it was a demolition job. You know. It was. He absolutely made his mark there. And I think what's an interesting form note is that he actually beat He's a Son of a Gun who come out and won the pale face here on Saturday night. He beat him by 21.8 metres. So <sighs> take yeah. from that what you will. But I think where it's going to be a very exciting race on Saturday night. He's a son of a gun, albeit when they were three, but He's a Son of a Gun did has lowered the colours of Captain Ravishing at Group 1 level. Just yeah. a, another little... Tease it of the race. So, does, is Manangle a game changer for Captain Ravishing? Captain Ravishing's raced here twice and hasn't really fired a shot. Mm. I mean, I know that we're talking about a different horse different and I know that we're now, talking yeah. about a different age level and, you know, but, but go back and have a look at the derby last year, the, you know, the, the qualifier and then the final. Uh, Captain Ravishing wasn't anywhere to be seen in that final. What, it, what do we make of that? Well, you know this better than anyone sitting here because I've never driven at Menangle. You have. That's a big straight, that 350 metres. And it gives horses, if, if he kicks away and, and, you know, horses have had soft runs, he, you know, it's a long long straight. Is that an issue for him? We don't know. He's just a different horse now in fairness, yeah? Yeah, I think what I've found driving at Menangle is you really never have the foot off the throttle. Like, especially with him drawing one, he's going to have to sprint from right at the start right to the finish. And, and that can be really, really hard. But, yeah, as you say, I think Bondi Lockdown the other day was a really good example. Like the leaders sort of kicked away and you think, oh, they're home. But he only really came out with 200 to go and he still got up and won um, going sizzling time. So, yeah, the long straight, it's very daunting when you're looking up at, especially going the speeds that they go. Could you take a dollar? I think he's a dollar twenty-two fixed or something at the moment. About that, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, clearly, clearly, Captain Ravishing's the horse to beat. But it's not like it's racing against donkeys. Look, well, a serious caliber, caliber field that Captain Ravishing's coming up against. Um, for a horse having only its third start at at an angle, only second up in this campaign. Um, as Carter just said, you got to you got to go. You've got to go the whole way around the track. Long straight, different. Can, like, I, just, I think there's some banana peels there. I know barrier one's a lot better than drawing barrier 10, but is barrier one, and you've just alluded to it, he's going to have to really put the skates on at the start. It sort of changes the tactics a little bit in that regard. Um, but uh, would, would I take a dollar $1.25? Two trains of thought. One is it's better than bank, better than interest, bank interest, and the other is... <laughs> Don't take odds on and don't run upstairs, as I think the great uh, Ken Howard used to say. So, there are two trains of thought, and uh, certainly uh, I'll be—I uh, won't be taking a dollar twenty-two. Yeah, look, I think the point that Jess made is uh, is something to really take into account. Uh, did absolutely destroy. He's a son of a gun, and as you said, that was really impressive. From he's a son of a gun in the Group Three Paleface Adios on Saturday for Maddie Craven, one fifty point seven. Yes, it was pretty good. It was a really great win. And you know when Maddie travels a team up here to Menangle, they're on song and they're ready to go. And he's a son of a gun, really proved that. And I think can't find a better man as well. He was also brave in defeat there too. Well, as we said, it, as I said, and I, um, we're not coming up against donkeys in this race, right? So look at some of the other horses. You just mentioned can't find a better man as, um, as our good friend Alice at, and, and Britt at, 
at uh, at Sky call that horse the Pearl Jam horse. Um, invitation only for for Cameron Hart and Jason Grimson. We know what that combination is capable of doing in in big big races. Uh, catch away for Kate and Andy Gath. Maybe a little underwhelming the other day, but certainly came home nicely. Catch away, uh, and so they're all in that race as well. That is that's serious caliber. Horsepower there for it. Oh, and catch a wave. Don't underestimate its run. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it was beaten 10 metres, but they, they sizzled home. Um, yeah, look, I spoke to Matty Craven the other day on radio, and he uh, he was very happy with his horse. Um, he, he he said that he had a you know a little bit of a a blow the the hot weather and uh, you know all things taken into account. Maddie had a couple of horses in on on Saturday. Uh, we'll touch on Credit Master later uh, if we can because I did have some uh, an interesting chat to him about Credit Master. But but in terms of he's a son of a gun. He's the sort of horse where he's drawn. He could get a nice suck run and and he has got that high speed at the back end. So again. Um, that's why I was thinking if, if the one can hold, it's going to be a bit of a race to get to that inside. Yeah. Um, so, Carter, what, what's the situation with the driving setup with your horses? What's uh, happening? So, with Republican Party, Blair Orange, uh, as most Australians should know him, he's sort of our number one man in New Zealand. So, he's going to come over to drive him on Saturday night. Uh, he's driven him right through in New Zealand. So, it's only fair that he jumps in for the big dance. Yep. So, bang, you're out. Yeah, I've had the cut. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, but, but so, where will you go? You'll, you, because you've obviously uh, got an a, an allegiance with Krug. Yeah, What's happening there. Yeah, so Krug's going to come over on Sunday, being the day after the chariot. So, I'll be sitting behind him, aiming at the sprints and hopefully making them all. But if not, um, we'll go and a hundred thousand dollar race, free yeah. for all. Gee, isn't that exciting? We've got Krug. Yeah, so. you know, we, we've been talking about all these. Big caliber horses that are here in town. We'll just throw another one in the mix. And we know Krug. he can handle this place. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Serious horse, Krug. That's exciting, isn't it? I'm Jeff, looking forward to getting him here again. He was yeah. good last year, but he's just. I think he's on another level this year. Okay. So hopefully we can show it. Wow. Yeah. So, do you think um, Krug and Menangle kind of um, work hand in hand? They're, they're a good fit for each other. I think they would be pretty good mates. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and why is it the long straight? Yeah, it is. He um he can hold a high cruising speed for a very long time, like and then obviously his speed. Like he ran out the gate last year in twenty four, so uh, he's got a bit of a round package. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, that's that's super exciting. And I tell you what, if you if you're giving some thought to coming out here to Menangle, you're going to see the best and. Some of the best horses in the world in our own backyard over the next few weeks, Jess. Really exciting. It's so exciting. Like you said, there. post-COVID, we've finally got the New Zealanders back. We've also got those interstate horses as well, so it's very exciting. And you want to be out here and see it live because they're going to run some hot times. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you said, COVID, COVID uh, did leave us with a blank space, but we've, we have shaken that off. And we've got Tay-Tay back in action too uh, this <laughs> This Saturday night, uh, first time since the Breeders' Challenge, we obviously waxed lyrical about Tay-Tay through the Breeders' Challenge series, came out and was really, really impressive through the four-year-old mare um, campaign, won that final, uh, back in action at Menangle. Has had a few runs in Victoria uh, since then, but first time we're seeing Tay-Tay back at Menangle since then, Jess. Yeah, you managed to get a Taylor Swift pun in there too. Yeah. You couldn't just shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's exciting to see her back. I think the one race that stands out for me is when she was back in the field here and I think they might have gone 150 or 
just broke the yeah, 150 mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was super impressive. To, so I'm excited to see her back in the Robin Dundee this Saturday night. Tough Tilly as well. Yeah, the draw has, uh, hasn't been good for, uh, for, for Tough Tilly, but we know, again, likes this place and uh, quality race mare. Uh, outside of those two, look, they're an even... Yeah, even bunch. I thought uh, delightful angels uh, last run wasn't too bad. Uh, Orchid stride. I think we'll see some improvement. And uh, I tell you, a, a, a mare that might go okay is punt away from the from the one alley and get a, a run and and maybe be able to get a few through for Jack. Jack's been able to dominate the mares. Uh, he won the Sibelia, of course, with Brave You Kelly, and then ran third with his his Green champ uh, stylish memphis and he's got a good hand in the uh, in the race on saturday the robin dundee but really i think realistically it's a it's tato's race to lose uh graham's going to be trackside for us on saturday night but she's going to have to park the the microphone for a little bit because she's bringing her outstanding trotter majestic harry here a uh, bit of a fairy tale story through the inner dominion uh, yeah my word mm, yeah trotting absolutely. series so that, that'll be cool to see um brit be able to wear the the other hat i guess you know the one that is her grounding and what, what makes her such an expert uh, in what she does and doing such an excellent job on the coverage. So that'll be really cool. She walks the walk and she – well, she can talk the talk, but she can walk the walk. And she ran fifth in an Inter-Dominion Trotters yeah, uh, grand final. That's uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So uh, it'd be good to see Well, Brit. we mentioned Britt, but we should mention her sister Steph as well on the whole Yeah, the whole of course, the whole family. family. Steph, they do a great um, job. Yeah, Steph's very indeed uh, to that horse and, uh, you know, does oh, a great yeah. job. Um, Rip's a, an emergency for the Chariots Fire uh, – Probably won't get a start, but if not, Rip will go around in the first. I spoke to Dougie Hewitt here last Tuesday in the stables. He was really excited about Rip returning. Um, so, you know, it was such a, a boom horse last year, Jess. Really looking forward to seeing what Rip could do this campaign. Yeah, he had a massive season for Bernie and Doug up there at Bathurst, and he won the APG final here. Of course, as you said, his only first emergency, but that first race on the card on Saturday shapes is a really interesting one. And I know, I think he's drawn the outside of the front there, but I think he should be a really strong chance in it. I know that Rip's a horse. Obviously, there's the Western uh, Western Syndicate that um, Wayne Loder's got going, and Rip's a horse that potentially is one that could maybe take that spot in the in the Eureka. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. So, you know, and if not, they've got some other other candidates. But they they were very adamant that they want that spot to go to a, a Western Region horse to, to fly the flag for that for that region. So, yeah, we could be seeing a bit more of a rip in in sort of really good caliber horses as as uh, twenty twenty three plays out. Uh, we had Robbie Morris on the Fantasy Harness Racing podcast recently. He talked about the return of Porter Prince uh, and Porter Prince was back. And um, had a good win on the weekend, and you know go, goes around again this weekend, Fred. Yeah, look, your uh, nemesis, my nemesis. Yes, <laughs> yes, I can't wait for the return bout between uh, it and Heaven on High. But uh, no, look, the, Rock, they've done a great job with this horse. Uh, they've won uh, five races with it since it's come over, including uh, what was then the Group Two Carousel, um, beating Tate, who ran second in that race, and Heaven on High third. Unfazed ran fourth in that race and won a couple of races late last year. So I've always said it's the Carousel has really been a very good form race, uh, and this horse is just just enjoying racing here, there's no doubt about it, and it's showing a, quite a deal of versatility too. Uh, of course, uh, went 152.3. We'll need to run every bit of that, I think, on Saturday because that uh, that race on Saturday is a real good one, that second race. Yeah, our money rocks goes around in that as well. Now, our money rocks change hands at, at about Christmas time. Gone to David Thorne and has put a, 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 th- a three-league picket fence together, Jess. 
Yeah, uh, it, the magic touch of Thorny. <laughs> yeah, the Thorny touch. I know Freddie's horse, yeah. Heaven on High, is trained by David as well. But yeah, our money rocks has gone fantastic since it's joined the Menangle Base Camp. And as you said, Freddie, race two there. That's a really exciting one. Throwing the likes of Loyalist, who yep. won the Christmas gift. It's all about faith. And some moment somewhere, of course, won last Saturday night Saturday. for Shannon Price. Mm. Kingmaker managed to put three in a row not too long ago. So that looks a really good race on paper. You've got to drive. I was going to say, and let's not forget Carter's drive yeah, either. What do you what do you what do you think about picking up that drive, Carter? Yeah, I was pretty happy to drive him last week and I thought he was absolutely massive. He was probably the run of the race, um, if I wasn't being biased, but yeah, he comes into a, it's probably a better field this week, but the way he went last week he was super tough. Remember when we had Jackson Painting on the show and he lamented every time he misses out on a on a on a drive on Brados Ladder and Angle it comes out and wins. So there you go, Carter. Uh <laughs> Another one Jackson's missing out on. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Because Bradus Slade's with Jack Trainer now. What, what do you see about Jack's – obviously, you two are mates. So uh, what do you see about Jack's training that, that um, brings it you – know, takes horses to another level? Well, it's a good question. He's very detailed. Like, you could, a lot of people say he sleeps with him, and he nearly does because however many he's got in the barn, every single horse gets the same attention, which is – yeah, it's good to see, really, and – I can sort of see how he gets the results that he does being there and working with him. Yep. All right. We've got some Oaks heats as well. Peaceful. Peaceful was really good Saturday night, Fred. Outstanding. Yeah. She's uh, she's come back enormous, and uh, that was a terrific performance beating Dangerous the other day. So uh, the, the the good filly beating the uh, the good horse, and uh, it was a, it was a terrific performance. Uh, Jack's got a great affinity with her. Takes me back to our, our great <laughs> debates about uh, it and, and Major, Major Delight, Delight during yeah. the Breeders' Challenge, yeah. Jess. But uh, I think we're both on, uh, you know, in, uh, in concert here. That we're in concert that now. I've jumped on peaceful. But Kalua <laughs> flyby uh, Stephen Telfer's horse, Tim Williams driving. It, it went real good here the other day. Used all of the straight, wound up, and was able to score. But it, it, it's a, a filly to watch. Yeah, um, some good ones coming out of Stephen's yard, Carter. Yeah, I know them quite well. Kalua Flyby, she's a very good filly, and the other day first up, it really wasn't her go. So I was, you know, even though it was a short margin, I was still quite impressed with her. But I think when you see her come off a helmet at Menangle, she's going to be lethal. The one I'm really excited about seeing is Jewel Melody. Yeah. Oh, she's such an excitement machine. Uh, we talked about Rip before, but you know, Jewel Mel- Melody may be in front of Rip uh, as the way the that connection of Wayne Loder and, and the Hewitts and that. Uh, Exciting filly. Didn't she have a really exciting two-year-old season? I think yeah. Group 1's here in New South Wales, Group 1's up in Queensland and then headed down to the Breeders' Crown Series as well. But I note that she had a trial to – uh, she's had two trials since she's been back this year as a three-year-old and one of them was actually against Better Be The Best at Bathurst. She finished two metres off him in a 154.9 mile rate. So excited to see her line up in the heats here on Saturday night. Should be fantastic. All right, Newcastle Mile before we get to the chariots though. The, the, I guess the official start of the Carnival of Miracles is the Newcastle Mile on, on Friday night. Uh, two entries for Stephen Telford Carter. Uh, we've got uh, BD Joe and Alta Wise Guy. What's your thoughts on those? Uh, yeah, BD Joe's a very, very good horse as we saw the other night But uh, the barrier one draw, it's probably very good But I just hope that he gets the track He's he um, he's probably a horse that suits the big track at Menangle That's why he went so good But I'm sure they wouldn't take him there if they didn't think he'd handle it I just I went to Newcastle yesterday for the first time And it's a very indifferent track, you'd say With uh, flat bends and things, so yeah, it will be an experience, but Alta Wise guy, he's got very high speed too, so 
Uh, I think he drew two, I believe. So mm. if he can be very handy, he's he's lethal. Very different, obviously, Newcastle, but Angle Carter's he's right there. We I saw that. Care. I mean, that reared its head through the Inner Dominion. We had yeah. round three at, at Newcastle, and then we went into the final at Manangle, and that was chalk and cheese, some of what we saw on those two tracks, Fred. Absolutely. What a, what a great race it is, Paul. I yeah. mean, so many trainers decided to go down this pathway. We've got the visiting WA, uh, Pinny Tiger. Uh, then you've got Tasty Delight, who was beaten a nostril by Zeus Bromac. They're both going around in the Newcastle Mile. We've talked about Pete Sedso's elevation, just has got better and better. A uh, former winner of the race and former Miracle Mile runner, the Black Prince, Second emergency, and then you've got Mac Dean down the bottom who draws the deepest who won the race last year. It is, it's a cracking race, and it's a race worthy of uh, the best race that the, uh, that the club put on, uh, the Newcastle Mile, as part of their Feb Fest. It's a, it's a real good race, that. Absolutely. Mac Dan goes around too. Let's not forget Mac Dan won that yeah, race last yeah, year. Yeah. For, um, yeah. And obviously his back family, Stuart Mark Pitt, takes a drive this year. Nathan Jack did a great job with Mac Dan last year. Um, and, the, of course, the, as we said, we've had that FebFest campaign through Newcastle. The trifecta on night one at the Newcastle Cup was Pete said so, Tasty Delight and Zeus Bromac all get a go. Uh, we had Gav on the show uh, last week. He was very bullish about where Zeus Bromack is at. So, um, proven performer on that track in, in recent times. Um, could could one of our own hopes be the fly in the ointment of the visitors, Fred? Well, I've always, in my head, pigeonholed Zeus Bromack as a staying type. And I don't know whether that's uh, been fair. We saw him in Newcastle. We saw him in the free-for-all here in the, in the horrible conditions last year. But he's also got some quick miles to his credit uh, Zeus Bromac, so um, you know, I, I, and he's performed well here in the past. Um, you know, he's a sub one fifty winner here, so he's uh, not just a stayer, and and he'll let him know, and he'll come out of a good barrier if the emergency doesn't uh, get a start. So yeah, got to keep an eye on him. All right, absolutely. Hey guys, um, what I thought I'd do is I'd get uh, Craig Judd from Benstead Stud uh, uh, Standard Breeds on the line. G'day, Craig. Paul, how are you, mate? Good. You got Jess and Freddie, and you got Carter Delgatti on on the panel with us today, um, mate. I just wanted to touch base here because you've got a big open day, and, and obviously, what's been going on with you guys? You you've obviously been at that yeah the starting point for so many of the great horses that we're seeing at the moment, and, and what we're going to see down the track. Uh, exciting times for the industry. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, we've uh, our oldest uh, New South Wales bred horses are uh, are the. Um, uh, three-year-olds, so we've got obviously um, been ravishing and, and Tay-Tay and the likes that have come off the farm. So, uh, yeah, and we've got a, a quite a uh, quite a nice draft of yearlings in uh, in Sydney this year. Yeah. Um, mate, Tough Tilly's going to go around. I know that Tough Tilly's a horse that's uh, very close to your heart. Not sure if we've still got Craig on the line. I think we just lost those. Those horrible pips just indicate no, we don't. Technology, yeah. Tough Tilly's one that's um, definitely very close to Craig's heart. Um, We we talked about another horse called Come Say Hi, which is one Craig's Craig's daughter. That's um, it was born with it with a horrible condition. It's a it's a um, degenerative kind of skin condition. And Tough Tilly and Come Say Hi have been have helped raise funds for. For um for the charity, um the ambassador for the charity is Eddie Vedder's wife. Eddie Vedder's the I mentioned Pearl Jam already Pearl Jam, in the show, yeah. but um Eddie, yeah. So and he had a song called "When I See Eli Come and Say Hi." 
it was on the radio and that's what Come Say Hi is named after. So, yeah, super um, um, super initiative. I, I think Craig is trying to trying to get back onto the phone to us. If I can get him back, we'll – but, you know, that's the sort of great stuff that, that racing is capable of doing, isn't it? Yeah, it does. As we've talked about for a few weeks now, our charity campaigns that we've been involved in from the flood relief to now Team Teal at the moment, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And this is just another one for EB Research. We do have Craig back on the line. We got you though, mate. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'm up in the hills here. It tends to drop out occasionally, <laughs> so apologies for that. We'll give you uh, one more crack. We've just actually been talking about Tough Tilly and Come Say Hi and, and, and how close those horses are to, to obviously great philanthropic um, causes that, that you've helped orchestrate. Yeah, look, it's been amazing. We, we, you know, we wanted to do something to, A, you know, raise some funds and some awareness and, um, yeah, Sharing in what was at the time, I got Dan Malecki to do a a, a, a phantom call, uh, which was a horse called Tough Tilly, and I guess we hoped at the time she'd win a few races and uh, we could uh, make a bit of money along the way for the uh, foundation. And she's been a, an absolute revelation for us. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be exciting to see Tough Tilly go round here at Menangle on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had to send her around to rid of the ODM, so obviously. We went to the trials last week after she galloped um, the week before, so she trialled, uh, had a nice little light trial, and then she runs on Saturday night, and hopefully we can get back in the draw for the Ladyship Mile. Tell us about the Open Day, mate, quickly. Um, what can what can we expect? What are you hoping to to exhibit? Yeah, well, I'm hoping to get a fair few here. We did it deliberately on the Sunday after uh, the Chariot of Fire, so if any Victorians or any Southern New South Wales trainers wanted to stop in on the way through. But, yeah, we're going to parade uh, uh, 25, actually, sorry, 26 uh, yearlies, which is um, two or three from Bathurst, uh, a few from Queensland, and then the rest of the uh, Melbourne uh, draft. So, yeah, 12 o'clock start. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll lead the first out at house out, um, horse out at 12 o'clock. If anyone um, is travelling south, and have got um, horses that float. There's, uh, you know, paddocks and, and yards they can put them in. That's on the 19th of Crookwell, isn't it? I think we might have. I reckon it, I could hear that signal yeah. just, yeah. It just was going, holding on. Going, going, yeah. going. Anyway, but remember that, folks. The, the yeah. 19th of uh, Feb, that's coming up uh, on uh, on Sunday. And uh, you get to see some very uh, very talented or very nice-looking young uh, yearlings, yeah. Yeah, and as Craig said, I know that they're very proud to tell everyone their connection to uh, Captain Ravishing. So they should be, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. some, of the, some of the real stars of our sport that have, uh, that have come out of, out of that paddock. All right, um, so Tough Monarch. What a great story, Fred. Love it. Uh, a great story. For those that aren't uh, familiar with it, coming into Saturday's race meeting, uh, this track at Menangle opened in 2008 and there have been five horses sitting on 26 wins uh, for several months now. They were underworked, Don Boston, Cash and Flow and two trotters, uh, Drop the Hammer and Tough Monarch. Both dropped the hammer and Tough Monarch raced on Saturday in the trot, the Bay Johnny, uh, but it was Tough Monarch at 11 years of age coming out to win his 27th race at this track. I think he's won 37 overall uh, and he's won 27 of them here and he is the most winningest horse at this track since it it commenced racing. Did you think it was that it was possible again, Jess? I I must admit, I, I, I loved engaging with Ricky. I loved the story of the horse, but I genuinely thought... 
I don't know. I don't know how much more tough Monarchs got left. I, I was I was stoked to see that result Saturday night. Yeah, well, we'd seen Ricky come out and say he was going to let the horse tell him, see how he was going. And I think that's just a testament to how well Ricky does know this horse. He's been in his stable throughout his entire career. You can just tell the bond that they share. I know Ricky and Ricky Hunt as well, who's yep. Ricky's stable yeah. form, and they were just overjoyed on Saturday night, and they so rightly deserved it. It was a great drive from Ricky as well. Yeah. I thought he was brave when he took off he took when off he did. He took off at the yeah, Catch yeah. me if you can, and they could not catch him. And the funny thing is, where he let him go, where he let him slide, uh, and Carter, you would have seen some of Tough Monarch's races historically, Historically, when he let him swear, he let him slide. He used to have a little head problem, tough monarch. He'd get to the turn off the back, and he'd he'd be in front doing everything right, and then all of a sudden he'd just decide to go for a gallop. And Rick worked really hard to get that out of him. There were some sometimes he'd, he'd do it two, three runs in a row, and then other times he'd keep going and he'd go on to win. But Rick worked on that, and I don't want to put the mock on on Rick and, and tough monarch for future races, but I haven't seen him do that. For years, but when he was a young horse, he just he, and he had all the talent in the world. He just want to have a bit of a skip. Yeah, we actually had Tough Monarch stand at our place when he came to New Zealand two years in a row when he won the Trotting mm. Free for All Cup Day, and he is just a beautiful horse. And yeah, it's very clear that him and Ricky are absolutely best mates. So that was a few years ago, and to see him win on Sad Day and to be here, I thought it was awesome as well. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the great scenes too. That I've gone back and watched that footage of. Ricky and the and the team celebrating in the stands, great scenes, love it. That's the joy of racing, no matter what it is, and no matter at what level, the ownership and the and then the the, the output of the, the, the output of the input really. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's what it is, isn't it? And you know, you're getting back something to all the hard work. I mean, yeah, fantastic. I tell you what, I reckon I know why Ricky and Tough Monarch be, might be best mates. Five hundred ninety-two thousand dollars that <laughs> Tough Monarchs pulled in, not bad. Kanga, pretty pretty handy, pretty handy and trotter. Yeah, yeah, because the prize pools aren't traditionally, no, you know. At the so that's you know you, if you start lining that up with, yeah, that's that's some serious coin. T is a serious horse, is Bravey Kelly, mm. <laughs> lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, one of really quality Sibelius Stakes, Jess. Yeah, she did. I think she's been a really class performer here at Menangle for quite a few months since coming over from New Zealand and. Jack has her absolutely flying at the moment at the perfect time as well, coming into the Queen Elizabeth II stakes. But that was a really quality field. And we saw Madrid in second there, Stylish Memphis in for third and Fairy Tinkerbell Tinkerbell in for fourth. So when you mention those names, you know just how strong of a field it was. Yeah, yeah, it was quality. Um, I was delighted to see Madrid do so well. I know that Cameron has put a preference on Braview Kelly. So Madrid, I think... Just on that alone, a lot of people saw Madrid slipping back in the pecking order. We've heard about Madrid and the potential plan to go overseas, but to see Madrid come out and put a great performance on and challenge so hard against a horse that clearly in most people's eyes is leapfrogged Madrid in the pecking order in Bravio Kelly was a good stout. Where does Cameron go when Tay-Tay qualifies? Who's well, he going to drive? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's going to drive Tay-Tay. Really? I reckon he'll. I reckon he'll go Tay-Tay. Really? Yeah, I don't just know. Just a feeling. I've just got a feeling. Okay. The yeah. Grimson heart combination, lethal. I think he's pretty fond of Bravey Kelly, and that's why he took Bravey yeah. Kelly over Madrid a couple of weeks ago. When well, I know happens. Jack will be driving stylish Memphis. So I don't that's think he's going to give her up. He Carter, loves her. Carter, might Carter, be a Carter. Might get a call off the bench up. in a Group One around. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good question. Tay Tay, she actually caught my eye from New Zealand. I think she's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. 
And Breview Kelly, she's got the whole game. Like she's come from off the speed, and then the other night winning in front and one fifty. So she's pretty faultless. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be making that decision. She's never missed a place since she's been with Jack Breview yeah. Kelly. Never yeah. missed a place. I think it's eight. Might be eight wins, three placings from eleven goes. So. Tell you what, sets up for some serious battles, doesn't it? It's, it's going to be a beauty that yeah. race. That race will be one of the races of the carnival. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what about Bondi Lockdown? Uh, th- there's just a wow factor about this horse. It's just an exciting horse. You know, we, we saw that last year. We saw it again on Saturday night, Jess. I mean, we saw it when, when Bondi Lockdown made that uh, return and finished second. But to see him come out and win like he did on Saturday night, there was a real wow factor about it. And I think it was the way he did it as well mm-hmm. that really caught everyone's eye. I think that final quarter was 25.8 there mm. and that he ran himself and he was so impressive. As you, we touched on earlier in the show, he was impressive in the chariots last year and he's definitely taken that step and I think he could be the next cop star for Cobbity Equine. I think Carter summed it up best. Still, what, 200, 225 to go. He was still spotting the leaders a start. Oh, yeah, big start too. Came hard. And got them, and okay, the margin was a. I think it was a couple of no, it was. I think it was a meter um, at the end, but it was a, a performance. Where, yeah, it was a meter, uh, but he, he got home in good time himself, as you said, Jess, sub twenty six. It was a wow win, all right. It was a wow win, and that was the the, the key to him, wasn't it? It was the the way he uh, let down and attacked the line in that last two hundred. Yeah, I just think like his last two starts, Luke's been driving him with one run. Like, just imagine what he's going to do when he takes him off the gate. So, yeah, I, I think the horse is a, a genuine freak. Really, the sectionals he's running. I know that draw plays a part, but I, I remember saying this in a previous show last year. Bondi lockdown was that under Aaron Dunn was that get out and just put a stake in the ground and, and you know burn them off early. There seems to be a different race pattern with the McCarthys. What we've seen, and again, I know it's barriers. I don't know if we've seen a trend on the two runs that Bondi Lockdown's had, but it's park at the back almost and then have that final run. Oh, whether it's draw, whether it's a, a tactic, I, I don't know, but it's worked. I think last year as well when we seen him under the care of Aaron, he was here for the chariots. That was his main aim and then qualifying for the Miracle Mile was a bonus, whereas we know now under the care of Belinda and Luke that he's got that bigger target of the Miracle Mile. So these few runs leading in, aren't his grand final. He knows when that is in a few runs' time. If you could, if you were running a graph on Bondi lockdown, it would be there and then it just dipped and it was almost, I remember sort of going, what's happened to Bondi lockdown? And clearly the horse wasn't well, um, you know, and vet reports have showed that. But that dip almost like, well, Bondi lockdown's gone. And then obviously come to the McCarthy's for various reasons and is at the peak of, Peak of his powers again. It's a, I think it's a, a, a great rags to riches, back to riches, to, you know, that type of scenario. Never ride a good horse off. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. You it's never a great ride story. A, I'm not going to call him a champion. That's the adage is never yep. ride off a champion. He, I, Bondi Lockdown's not a champion. Still got a bit to prove. But yeah. he's still a very, very good horse, and you never ride off a good horse. I, I'm hearing a lot of people say that's the horse to beat in the Miracle Mile. What, what do you think about a statement like that, Fred? <sighs> Look, I think the Miracle Mile, I think we're going to learn a lot about the Miracle Mile after the Newcastle Mile because I have uh, good raps, massive raps on BD Joe. Um, Carter made a very interesting uh, observation about the nature of the Newcastle track in relation to comparing it to here. Uh, but I think BD Joe, what he did the other week uh, here was outstanding given he was first up for a few months and, and, and you know, just 
I, I really like the run. Yeah. It's one of those miracle miles. All the top horses, if they all manage to get through, you know, and throw in a Captain Ravishing if it wins the chariots or gets the wild card, if Republican Party gets in, whatever the case may be, the Miracle Mile is going to be an incredible race and there isn't necessarily... You could make a case for Captain Ravishing, Paul, but but last year and the year before and the year before it was pretty much the King of Swing yeah, story. Yeah. This year, there's no King of Swing, no. so all of a sudden... It's a very interesting race. A bit, like, bit like the Hunter Cup was a couple of weeks ago, mm. I thought, you know, where yeah. we were like, could be any of them. You can make really a case for horses. every single one yeah, of them. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you one that you could, like, and I come back to the Hunter Cup, I know that there were a lot of, obviously a couple of hours missed out. Yep. Torrid Saint did get in and people were like, what's Torrid Saint doing there? Well, Torrid Saint came out and ran a bottler in the in the yep. Hunter Cup. Did it again here the other night. Only just, I, that was the one bond I locked down. And where you've been bopping, who's a, you know, one that we love here on this yeah. show and does so well here. Like, there's a couple of horses that really ran out of their skin the other night. Fantastic. He's had an incredible campaign, hasn't he, Torrid Sane? I'm not too sure if he's had a break since the Inter-Dominion, but he seems to have gone around, to go around in every- all those feature races yeah. and has been competitive in every single yeah, one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah going to be an interesting uh, interesting horse through the carnival. Uh, Robbie Morris had a, a pretty good week. He, he started here on Tuesday with BJ Lindenny, won again after a few little... Misbehaviour problems the week before, but came out and, and got things back on track with BJ Lynn Denny. Brad Hewitt, now, as we've said on this show before, when he comes to town, you take him seriously. He had one on Saturday, he had one on Tuesday as well, so a few winners there. Um, Penrith on Thursday, eight races, eight different winning drivers. We, we've seen it. Well, I know we say that a fair bit about Penrith, it, it's great, but uh, started with Jimmy Douglas with Flying Pegasus. You called that race, Fred, and that was a great performance. No, you didn't call no, that one. No, I wasn't no, there. Yeah, wasn't, no, wasn't I wasn't there. there. I was packing. Um, <laughs> it was a great performance. Jimmy just yeah, I've seen the found his moment and bang, like had a, a big go at them what on a, the outside. What a good horse he's been, but yeah. old, I, I refer to him as old Flying Pegasus, but I tell you what, he, he seems to have been – he goes around nearly every Thursday night at Penrith, doesn't he, Jess? Mm. And, and he generally picks up a check. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's not the thick check, but sometimes he, he pops up, and that was a terrific effort. So Flying Pegasus went around as a favourite for Jimmy and, and won that. One that wasn't the favourite was Winner Motza for Tian Sutton and, and, and friend of the show – G-Mac, Glenn McElhenney, $51, thank you very much. So, yeah, I think Tiana will be pretty happy when, I, when we see her walking around the stables here this afternoon. She's um, she's she doing a great job, Paul, yeah. Tiana. She she comes here on a Saturday and she, she spends her Fridays baking cakes, cupcakes, and she walks around the place selling them. to. They're decorated with teal-coloured icing. Yep. Uh, and she walks around selling them to raise funds as a sidelight to t- for the Team, team Teal. Teal. Fantastic. A terrific yeah. performance. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, Promised Land. Uh, this is a horse that I've got my eye on. I thought Promised Land was pretty good last year, and, and as we know, some horses can just flick the switch, and Promised Land was, was really impressive first up for Mick Doltoff and Chris Geary um, this week. So, yeah, that's just one I've got my, my eye on. Blake Jones, double at Tamora on Tuesday. Now, Michaela Towers... Um, just her third career win. I know she's in a few fantasy harness racing teams, so great to see Michaela get out and and, uh, and do well. She had a winner there at Tamora as well. Now, I was at Albury on uh, Friday night for their Carnival of Cups night. There was a great story. There was people with signs, family everywhere, and the most nervous young man on the planet was Kai Bloomfield. He's having his first career drive. The only person more nervous than him was his mum, who I was standing next to. She was uh, having conniptions. At the th- she just wanted him to get around safe. Well, he did that. 
uh, I think a fine career off to a good start. Um, and, good on uh, him. And Ellen well Bartley's the trainer of uh, Sporting Joy. Now, Sporting Joy was the favourite in that race. Um, probably a little bit unfair on a young man in his, in his first start as a driver. Um, had a tough run, but got around in one piece. And you could just – I was standing with – Kai's parents were standing with Ellen. And you could just see how they're nurturing Kai, just the, giving him advice. Ellen was sort of, it was almost, almost like he had two mums standing there with <laughs> Ellen, and, Ellen and, and his actual mum. So, yeah, fantastic. And they're, a, they're a, a name that has been through the equine industry down there in the Riverina, and it's great that we've got Kai with us because they're in other, other codes as well. So, yeah, it's really cool. Now, the Albury Cup was on. Huge night for Lee Sutton. He went out and I don't know if you got him in your fantasy team, Jess. He certainly made mine, and I'm glad I did. He ended up with 40 points, including the feature uh, for Willie Pike. So I, I can't believe this horse wasn't the favourite going in, into the race after what Willie Pike did the week before, but it was a really authoritative performance. It was a demolition, actually. Um, great night for Lee Sutton, three winners. Yeah, I wonder if they were ch- chanting down at Albury, back pike, drink what you like after he won the, after yeah. he won the cup. But I did re- read a few comments there on Twitter. I think one was from Blake Jones that Lee Sutton was the MVP of his fantasy league. Yep. He was the MVP of mine. I reckon he didn't get the highest score, but you know, you're working out on, on drives and all that type of thing. Yeah, he definitely was. Um, Nathan Turnbull. He drove three of the first four at Parks on Wednesday, so a big week for Nathan yet again. Tommy Ison, treble at Tamworth, almost goes without saying, Jess. Uh, Caitlin Meckleney, she had a double at Tamworth on Thursday as well. Now, Broken Hill raced on Saturday night, just the four races on that program, but uh, Andrew Vozlich, uh, he, he had a double to open that card. So, drove you know, half the card. Yeah, half the card, you can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, Blaney Cup was on Sunday, so Amanda Turnbull, dominating the Western region as we know she can do. She had a treble on that, that card. Um, I'm hearing good reports. I wasn't at that one, but I'm hearing good reports of a great day there at track at Blaney. Not um, surprised. I've done a couple yep. of Blaney Cups in the past and they're a good day. They do a good job there. Yep, yep, they do. The whole town gets involved. It's only a small town, but everyone seems to go. And it's a really scenic um, scenic track from where you look out and it's got the, the mountains in the background and, yep. the, and the farmland and that. Yep. Watch it on Sky. It looks very picturesque. It is. It's a terrific view from Almost the Almost looks a bit NZ, Carter. <laughs> yeah, well, it could be. A lot of green grass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think the grass is all that green at this it's time. A bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit parched. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, great day there. Um, so, as we said, um, Amanda Turnbull, she did win the feature at the Billy Sue Memorial, which is obviously a time-honoured event there at Blaney. I know that they've... They've been there going for more than 50 years at that showground. So, you know, a real, they're a real part of the community there. So with Alta Billy. So well done to Amanda and all the Turnbull, Turnbull team that did so well. Taylor Osmond, double at Canberra on Sunday. Jimmy Locke, we mentioned him a few times in this show. 50th career winner. Still got to get Jimmy Locke driving Jimmy Locke, though. <laughs> I, see Jimmy, I think Jimmy Locke's in this afternoon. Might be Saturday. No, no I think he, I think he went around on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah, gee, the racing. So anyway... He'll be going around again. We've still got to make that happen. So he had his 50th career winner at Canberra with I didn't didn't lose it. So um, great story yesterday, Jess, at Newcastle. Andrew Hayden, first training winner with Scotland Jigs. Yeah, won really impressively as well, Scotland Jigs. And from memory, I think it was actually having a, a – it was playing up a little bit in the start there for the driver. But well done to Andrew. Always a memorable milestone for anyone that can tick off their first winner. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing that happened uh, at Newcastle, the two-year-old racing has started. Mm. So I know that, that that window 
window changed yes. this year. So that started. There was a two-year-old race of Blaney as well. They're the future, obviously, Freddie, the two-year-olds. Oh, it's always an exciting time when they start to you know hit the race track under race conditions. The two-year-olds and and uh, uh, you know they're they're being very clever, uh, cleverly managed. The juveniles, uh, you know, the way the racing uh, season is set up for two-year-old racing here, and I I, I applaud uh, the uh, the authorities for the way they've approached two-year-old racing. That that you know, Feb start, I think it's yeah. good. I imagine Carter. But you as a driver, two-year-olds would be the ones you'd be keeping an eye out for because, you know, if you can get them early and you can get a good one and stay the journey, you know, it could be a good earn as a driver and, and a good association if you get them early. Yeah, 100%. I uh, probably learned that off Dexter Dunn. He's always said to me, if you can get on a good two-year-old, they can take you a long way, not only with the horse but for your driving career. So some of them can make you look good. We've seen that with Cameron in particular, haven't we? Like he, he's had that association with two-year-olds, taking it through to three-year-olds with Jared over the last couple of years, and it's really set him up nicely. So, yeah, there you go. You got any good two-year-olds? Oh, we've actually got our first one racing on Friday night, Alexandra Park. Okay. He's a down-by-the-seaside first starter, and, yeah, he's he's pretty smart. So they actually got a 14-horse field for the first two-year-old race in New Zealand. So Fantastic. Um, Second week of the Feb Fest Carnival, uh, as we said, Newcastle's doing a great job. But the third week is this week with the Newcastle Mile. But Brad Elder and Robbie Morris both drove a double there on Friday night at Newcastle. Jess, brace yourself. This is the I turned that down a little bit because you did sit jumped out of your chair last week. <laughs> she almost ended up yeah. on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> if she did it today, I'd, if she did it today, I'd be screaming in agony. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got this mental note almost uh, without handwriting. When we get to the best thing, turn down, down. the turn yes, down the audio. You. Yes, because um, yeah, Jess will um, will jump up and down and headbutt the roof <laughs> again. Um, hey, I mentioned Aubrey. Little little story. So two things for me. So I nearly uh, I nearly didn't get home. I was on a I was on a ten past ten flight on Saturday morning. I checked in online as you do. I go down and grab some coffee and, and something to eat. And at ten past nine, I rang a cab. It's only five minutes down the road, the airport. And um, cabs not turning up. And my phone's got this record of all these calls I kept making to the cab company. Where's my cab? Where's my cab? And at nine forty eight, so my flight's at ten past ten. So I've missed. Bag drop, whatever. Fortunately, I only had a bit of carry on at nine forty eight. Um, some, you know, you get the groups of blokes. It's a great thing that they do. They all get together in their locker and go to cycle and go and have a coffee. There was a group of blokes sitting around, and they could tell, they could see my the stress anxiety, levels. Anxiety, yes. And I, I don't consider myself the the most overt stressor, but obviously, I was showing symptoms <laughs> on Saturday morning. And uh, out of nowhere, one of them just gets his car. Pulls up, his bikes are in the back of the car. He said, get in. And he took me. I get to the airport, I run, and they said, yeah, Paul, I was the only one in the airport. They were waiting for me. And then Qantas said, we're just about to close this flight. Ran on. The guy at the bottom of the plane says, oh, here's Usain Bolt. I said, what do you mean? He said, we saw you running with your bag before. <laughs> got on. I was that person, the whole plane waiting for someone to get on. I felt you horrible. But I just sat there and just breathed. I was like. I can't believe I'm on this flight. Like it, like Did you order a drink straight away? Because you said like you needed two. Literally <laughs> 20 minutes before that flight took off, I was still standing in a cafe wow. 10 minutes away. <laughs> Just incredible. Wow. So, so my best thing is Getting his to name the is Ken. I don't, know, oh. I don't know who. All I know is this guy's name is Ken. He didn't say much in the car. I yeah. said, oh, I'm Paul. Thank you so much for this. Hopefully he said, he's a he listener just said, of Ken. Yeah. Um, 
group of mates who get together and cycle. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to bag the Lycra Brigade ever again that go and sit at a cafe and, you know, and make me wait too long queuing up for my, my double shot flat white because, Ken, you're a legend, mate. I told him that in the car, but I didn't have time for small talk. I bolted out of that car, got there. As I said, Usain bolted. I don't mind waiting for my coffee. It's when they're riding six abreast on a road <laughs> and you want to get past them. That's when I struggle. And uh, but I, you know, I maintain my decorum. But uh, I do think some naughty things when yeah. <laughs> when I, I go t- past. Them. I tell you the other the, the other thing out of that trip. Um, so when I was flying there on Friday, uh, Benny Elias, the great yeah. uh, rugby league player, and Millie Ball were in the the waiting lounge. I realised there was a function on in Albury that night, which might have – they had a great crowd at Albury Cup. Yeah. They had more than 1,500 people there. But, you know, if that function wasn't on, Joel Selwood from the Geelong Cats was there and there was a bit of a sportsman's event sportsman's on. Sportsman's event, yeah. Um, so that might have taken away a little bit from the crowd. Mitch Beer was there having a great night on, on track at our event. I know that. So, um, But anyway, Benny Elias was on the flight home. So, you know, the regional flights, you get out and you get on the bus and that. Benny was sort of sitting down, and then some uh, an elderly couple came along. Benny straight up, please have my seat. Uh, luggage. I watched Benny Elias pick up that person's luggage and carry it out for them. I thought that's one of the best things I've seen this week too. Yeah. One of, as a Queenslander, one of the most hated blokes in in, <laughs> in Australian sport through his era, admired but disliked at the same Bouncing time. Benny, eh? What a legend! Good on you, was. Benny Elias. I won't have a Queenslander say a bad thing about Benny Elias this week. That was a great thing that I saw. Beautiful. What was your best thing? Well, Freddie and I spoke before the show and we've come to a decision that it was a dead heat between Tough Monarch and Bondi Lockdown. We're saving he, time. I'm yeah. going to let Jess fill you in. Yeah, <laughs> obviously Tough Monarch there, win number 27 at Clubman Angle, most winningest horse and Bondi Lockdown, we know he's a serious Miracle Mile contender and that win on Saturday was uber impressive. So that's mine and Freddie's best thing this week. Yeah. Now, Carter, I, I don't know. Apart from Freddie absolutely grimacing in pain while he's sitting here and, and going out of his way to be here today amongst so many other things going on in his life, which could have been the best thing we've seen this week, uh, and the worst at the same time, I must admit, you know, <laughs> taking into account the pain. Is there a best thing you saw this week, Carter? Obviously, Tough Monarch's hard to go past, but I thought Preview Kelly, just the way that she bit those top mirrors I thought it was quite scary yeah it was quality yeah we're just blessed to have so many amazing horses right here and we're in for a fantastic carnival I would have thought now Carter you've uh, you've, you've stuck with with uh, trots despite having ambitions on wearing the number nine jersey for the All Blacks well yeah it's <laughs> every young Kiwi's dream to play for the All Blacks but yeah I've had to put that on hold how far did your footy take you uh, He's still was, playing Yeah it was pretty good to me My school years were Probably my best days um, I played in the first 15 for my school And we were lucky enough to win uh, the, the whole competition It was the first time our school had won it in 20 years So we had a We had a big big sort of win there And then yeah it took me uh, After that it was pretty good fun And then the last couple of years I've been playing for the Colts team They call it, I don't know if they have that in New Zealand But it's under 21s and I've been captaining them for the last two years. So, yeah, I'll be getting back this year and hopefully doing it again. Got ambitions to see how far footy can take you? Or, uh, or you? It's, pr- it's probably leaning toward, towards the horses now. Like um, injuries are a terrible thing. It's it's a very physical sport. And most, Have you had many bad ones? Oh, I've been pretty lucky. I've never sort of broken a bone or nothing like that. So, um, Touch wood. <laughs> touch wood, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, I'm. I'm not looking for. Hopefully, it never comes the day mm-hmm. that 
that puts me out of drawing for a while. But yeah, I just sort of I don't really want to live um, thinking about what could happen. So I just sort of take Left it for the moment. Yeah, I, I love the game and it's a good team sport with a lot of mates. So. Yeah, I'll be playing for as long as I can. Is there other bikes in and among the footy team and the footy circle who are involved in the horses, or is it just you? Uh, who have we got? Well, the whole lot of them love a punt, I know that. Because this is where I was going. And one thing <laughs> I know about team sport is uh, everything comes back to horse racing parlance. And it could be, no matter what, what, you're, ca- no matter what you're categorising... And I reckon you'd be popular, given that you might you might be able to just sit there and chew the fat talking horses with them. Well, yeah, it is on, like the central <laughs> pivot point for conversation. <laughs> on a Thursday night after our trainings for a game on Saturday, we all have have a beer and have dinner, and normally there's races on, so I have to sort of sit away, otherwise just get bombarded with <laughs> everything coming up on a Friday. But they do love it and. It's probably just um, middle-aged boys really just love yep. a bit of excitement. Yep, yep. No, absolutely. And um, have we ever had anyone on our show who's got their own fashion label? I would say not. No. no. Definitely yeah. not. I don't think Gav Fitzpatrick has got his own fashion label. Or um, Jack. I don't think David Wanson does. No, no. definitely not. <laughs> no. So, Carter, you may be – Yes, you may be the only one. Tell us a bit yeah. about that, mate. Yeah, well, I've I've got my own clothing brand. It's called Fuego Collection, and it's been going for a few years now. It just started small, like most things, and pretty much snowballed. People sort of started liking the stuff, and I was bringing out a heap of new stuff. And what sort of clothing uh, was the kit? We sort of started with uh, streetwear, but now it's mainly casual wear, and I sort of bring out collections or lines. And nowadays they sell out pretty quick, so I just got to keep it rolling. I got to try and keep up with it. Would there be something to suit, a, 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 you know, an old bloke like me, or is it a bit too uh, young and hip? No, absolutely, we'll get you in something pretty. We could have all wore branded. <laughs> we could have. We could have had yeah. So, so free publicity uh, uh, on the sprint uh, lane. And, and and obviously you sell online. It's it's a lot of online business. Yeah, it's uh, big time online these days, but. Yeah, a fair bit of it comes across to Australia, but a lot of New Zealand sales, so... I've loaded it up here, Carter. I, <laughs> oh, Freddie, I could see you in the uh, Fuego Collection jogger pants. <laughs> the jogger pants? Yes. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Good for moving. And, uh, and the Goat Collection tees, so... Yeah, that's The tees sound more my go. Yeah, yeah the Goat Collection Jordan, bit of Muhammad Ali. Nice. Is that Pablo Escobar? Pablo Escobar. That's Pablo, How yeah. does he fall into Goat category next to... Jordan and Ali. Well, the meaning goat, behind the, the that, goat drug dealer. It's the, yeah, <laughs> so it's pretty much the goat of every single field. So I've got Michael Jordan, um, Muhammad Ali, Pablo Escobar, and <clears throat> I'm sort of looking for the next one. So oh. yeah, I'm thinking about doing a Tiger Woods or something like that. Oh, okay, you've been you've been very lateral in the way you've approached that uh, that those categories. <laughs> Poetic license, it's his label, he can do what he wants, right? (laughs) I know, away from the track as well, you're also studying at university. I don't know how you you get the time to do everything, but what are you studying and is that a career path you're looking to take when you finish? Yeah, so I'm studying a Bachelor of Commerce, a double major in supply chain management and global business, so that pretty much, it's a three-year degree, I'm in my last year now. Um, It helps me a lot with the clothing, I will say, with the supply chain, but pretty much just global business and and knowing things about economies and sort of markets and stock markets and things like that. It's And probably running big businesses, it's something I've always been keen on and 
yeah, we'll I will keep going with it, uh, sort of with the racing, whether or not um, I'll do it fully. But yeah, I think while I'm young, the the horses will have me, and I'll be doing a bit of that in the background. The Dalgetty name uh, is uh, one synonymous with uh, you know the greats in in harness racing, not just in New Zealand, but here in in, in Australia as well. Yeah, known through Australasia. Um, d- does that come with any pressure when you're starting out? Did you? I mean, t- to me, you're the most laid back, chilled person I think I've come across in my life. But but within you, within yourself, do you ever feel any pressure to, to live up to any expectations, or do you just run your own race and and, and obviously you know, respect you know the, the the family name and and just do your best? Yeah, it's a good question. Like to put it simply, I don't feel pressure. Um, to be completely honest, like never in the big races or nothing have I gone out shaking or dripping with sweat. So, I'd, yeah, pretty calm in that way. But I sort of want to do good. My main sort of thing is with our horses, I always want them looking good and yourself. I think if you present yourself well, it takes you a long way. And, yeah, to do with pressure and that, not really. But, yeah, Dad is very good, like driving with him and also my mum. Like I don't think he's given me a driving instruction yet, so... There's probably a lot of trust there between the both of us. Of course, yeah. you present yourself pretty well in that Fuego collection. I would have thought, Carter. Hey, um, mate, you put a you put a social media post up fairly recently where you, you said how good's racing, and you had yourself as a young tacker with an elite driver. I can't I can't remember who you, who your Dexter. photo was with. Yeah, Dexter with Dexter was it? Yeah, okay. Yep. And um, and now people are getting their photo taken with you. How do you that? And you've reflected on that and said. Yeah, this is a great moment for me, you know, f- for you. But what sort of thrill do you get out of that, mate? Yeah, well, that there was quite amazing. And obviously I've grown up with Dexter and to him, like, to be doing what he is now, it's quite unbelievable. But he's just been back and spending five, five weeks with him. And before he left, oh, I hadn't even started driving. So now he's come back and that photo is actually with Krug. Um, and he's been a massive or very special horse with me, so... Yeah, to get that photo of myself and I would have been five, no older than five years old and with him winning and then with me sitting in the cart now with him, it was it was pretty cool and yeah, it was probably something that, um, yeah, probably really hard to get with other young people but yeah, it's, it was a pinch yourself moment. Yeah, yeah. As far as you just mentioned Dexter, we know what he's done and, and I, I know you're very much entrenched in your studies and your business and uh, your, your rugby. Do we ever see the day where Carter Dalgetty may rehome to perhaps Australia following in the footsteps of your great mate Jack Trainer, or maybe even to the US, uh, another great mate Dexter Dunn? Do, do you see yourself moving? It's probably a big chance, to be completely honest. Like, as I said, this is my last year in my study, so if I get the certificate on the wall, I'll sort of be a free man, so... Mm. Yeah, like I've always said, I do love the Menangle sort of Sydney, you could probably call it Australian type of racing. So, yeah, it's definitely not out of question, maybe. In what, there are other tracks outside of Sydney? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm joking. Well, yeah. Victoria, our Victorian, Queensland, Perth fans. I, I, I tell you what, um, the Wallabies could use a halfback too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to transition away from uh, his, his nationality. You're not going to, uh, you know... Get an Australian passport, are you, and become our, our halfback? Well, oh yeah, I think I'm a Kiwi. Through and through. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you talked earlier in the show about, about Krug coming over and your association with Krug. I, 
um, obviously there's some black type desire or you know aspiration there for Krug here in our market, and particular, you know, in, and we're talking short term goals here too, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Like to bring him over. He's what is he? A five year old Sally now. So you'd like to think he's sort of at the top of his game, and like it's I see it as a very open sort of free for all grade this year. There's a lot of very good ones as we've been talking about. So um, yeah, to sort of be on the ride with that horse, I sort of just want to keep it going and to bring him over here. Um, I'd like to show the Aussies, yeah, um, that he's a pretty quality. Open class horse. Can you bust a myth for me? I, I've got people out there who say when it's hot and we get we get hot Australian summers that the Kiwi horses can't can't match up when it gets hot like we get here. Like is that a myth or is there something in that? Well, there probably is something in it. I'd say from my experiences, every horse is different. Like Republican Party, I actually think he's thriving off the heat. Like his. Like when I brought him over here, he was looking really good. But now his coach just like glass, and I actually think he's got better personally. But he's sort of a lighter coloured horse, and Krug being a black horse, um, it didn't really seem to worry him either. But I know in the past, Dad has had horses that really are just not happy with it. Um, so you got to get him fans and things like that. But while we've been here, it's we haven't really had a scorching day. I wouldn't say. Yeah. You're going to get one on Saturday. Saturday, I yeah. think forty nine forty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and it's—I mean, you would have experienced that before, though. You've been here through, yeah. that, you know, you know. I mean, it's not like it doesn't—it hasn't happened before. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's probably people. I'd say get a bit carried away with it. I'd say, yeah, yeah. Well, we wish you luck, mate. Like, it's great that you're here. Um, we're, we're stoked that you're giving up your time this morning to come and talk to us on the podcast, and obviously not talk to us, but be heard by um thousands of others who tune into this podcast it's great that we can we can help tell your story but uh, you've got a big ca- big campaign ahead of you fuegocollection.org is that website paul was looking at before for yeah. the the goat range and the uh jogger pants f-u-e-g-o fuegocollection.org so That's your label and, and you've put you've put jordan on on in the goat collection you're obviously <laughs> a jordan not a lebron man well <laughs> The last couple of weeks, that's sort of gone into controversy. Got a redundant T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, Discount. <laughs> Out they go. Hurry, hurry. Yeah. That's no, great, mate. I think, um, yeah, that, that shows a lot of um, a lot of, lot of thought going on in your head, obviously, all the things that are going on in your world uh, and, and a lot of um, career goals that I don't think many, many young men your age are certainly. How old are you, Cardo? I don't know if I've. Uh, 19. 19. 19, yeah. there you go, How good's Paul. that? Jeez, 19, I had no, I was worried about what the when the next race was about to jump and that was about it <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, you certainly. Good on you, mate. I think, I think you're breaking the mould, mate, with that. All right, Freddie, um, eight races today. Carla, you're in one of them. You're in the last. Uh, speed dating in the last. Yeah, uh, Queensland horse and she began really well uh, up in Queensland's head. So I believe she's gone Tuesday, Saturday and then again today, so... She'll be pretty fit, and yeah, I think she'll be pretty competitive. Should be a good afternoon of racing, Jess. Yeah, it should be a really good afternoon. Um, our last meeting before the Carnival of Miracles kicks off, which is really exciting. Bit of weather around. Uh, I mean, we'll be fine. It's not in doubt, but yeah, it's dark overhead. And uh, we said that last week too, and we, we, we knew we weren't sort of worried about the implications of that, but we did get a little bit of rain through that meeting. Didn't, didn't affect it. I mean, it's just the best track in the world. It just handles it, doesn't That's it? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Young's on tonight, so keep an eye for that through the Riverina area. Bathurst on Wednesday, as we usually see. Penrith Thursday night. Friday's a blockbuster day of racing. We've got Leeton, we've got Bathurst and Newcastle both going at the same time on, on Friday night. Uh, again, one of those situations where we're going to have racing every 15 minutes or so, so that'll be fantastic. Um, and obviously the Newcastle Mile is the is the hot ticket on that Newcastle cart. Armadale's on Sunday. We've got Goulburn on Monday. Saturday, of course, huge night of racing. So Chariots of Fire is the lead act. Um, Sky Racing Active will be in play. Brittany Graham will be here on track, Jess. So huge night. Can't wait. Massive night. And off the track, you're going to want to bring the family out. There's a free chariot to fire kids carnival. So I believe there's an animal farm, face painting, rides, and there's also food trucks that are going to be on course as well. So make sure to bring the family out and witness some of the best four-year-old paces go head to head. Yep. And bit of housekeeping. Team Teal continues to have... The, the till ticking over, uh, well over five figures now, so already. So our drivers um, right across the state doing amazing things. Our ambassadors are just continue to jag winners. and Literally just two weeks into the campaign, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we had, we had Karen on Karen Livingston from Ansgog on the show a couple of weeks ago and she talked about, you know, the, mm. the sort of the infancy of that program and where it's got to, what it's allowed them to do and how many people it's helped and, and what a great, um, and how meaningful harness racing is to that organisation. Um, and it happens in you know, right across Australasia, Carter. So, you know, we just do amazing things with that Team Teal campaign. Yeah, it's big in New Zealand at the moment as well. All the lady drives are stacking up people winners. I think on Sunday they might have broke the record with the amount of uh, lady winners in one day. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we've got, if you're on the live stream, we've got about 40 minutes till, uh, till trades close for lockout. Around six, round six already in fantasy harness racing. We didn't go into it too much. We haven't got a great deal of time. How'd your week go, Jess? Yeah, I had a bit of an up and down week. I went really good and then um, not too good, but finished off where I was last week. So Yeah, Freddie? I improved about eight spots to 133rd, but at least I didn't go backwards from, a, from where I was. I did. Uh, I went from fourth to 15th or something like that. So uh, a greasy pole. So, yeah, I have to fix that. Uh, you had a look at it much, Carter? Yeah, it's actually been taken really good in New Zealand. I've never one. I sort of missed that deadline, I think. But, yeah, it's, I know a lot. I've got a few mates that are doing it, and, geez, they can't stop talking about it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's good. Well, mate, they'll be talking about it even more when we get you in the game. We'll be, we'll be adding some drivers into the game at some point, and you'll be one of them that uh, people will be able to snap up uh, and add into their team. So, yep, great week, uh, great week of racing ahead. All right, Jess, Black Bookers, what do you got for us? Yeah, I've got Marathon Man in the last race, which is Carter's got to drive in that race as well. But I thought it went really good last week sitting out there in the chair for Graham Watts and still managed to fight home bravely. So Marathon Man in the last today. I was really enamoured with the run of Peaceful. I just thought she's just going to continue to shine this season. And my horse from last week goes around in the chariots. I suggested back at uh, on an each-way basis, Tim's a trooper, gets a good draw and uh, might be poking home behind them at the end of the race. I think Gavin Fitzpatrick's trotter goes round today, doesn't it? Glen Ferry. Royal Glen Ferry. Royal Glen Ferry. It's been an emergency for the Bay Johnny and it's an emergency in the the Keystone Dell on on, uh, Saturday, but it gets a run today. Yep, so remember that, people. Uh, Gav did steer us into that last week, so keep an eye out for it. He also had high wraps on JOK, who I thought went pretty well last weekend too. Did go good. Yeah, so got anything that we should be keeping an eye on for? Eye out for Carter? Uh... 
Oh, probably there's two New Zealanders that have come over, Typo and Last Tango and Heaven. They were both really quality in New Zealand, so I think they're going to do a really good job here. Typo's the one that won for Brad Hill. Brad right on it? Saturday. Yeah. I think well. Last Tango in Heaven goes around in the free-for-all on Saturday yeah. night for yeah. the Lucky Lodge team. Okay, good mail. All right, Carter, mate, thanks for giving up your time to come in. Uh, we've had a, a, a long show. I told you we'd normally go for about an hour. We're a little bit over that, so, mate, we appreciate you coming in and, and um, taking up the seat. It's... Um, you know, we, we've put about 16 or 17 people through that chair over uh, – we feel really privileged to be able to sit here and talk to you guys and, and you know, unravel some of your story and, and pick your brain and get your opinions on, on how the racing industry's going. So, yeah, great to have you here, mate, because I know you're, you're not a regular in these parts, so we can take advantage of bringing you guys in and having a chat. Much appreciated. Ah, thank you. It's always good to be over in this part of the world and hopefully we can get a few winners on the track. Stay safe and enjoy your stay, Freddie. Uh, you've got to get that, uh, that back right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Getting up the stairs on Saturday was a bit of a uh, blur, but anyway. We'll get some. Hands and knees if I have to. I can see Peter Collier walking around. He might be able to piggyback you up. Uh, yeah, I'll be fine. You'll I'll be right. Be, I'll, <laughs> you won't, yeah. We won't go that far. Bit of Danka rub, some Andy <laughs> right. and Flash, a bit of Altara and, uh, and, and Danka rub. I'll be right. <laughs> Jess, good week ahead. Yeah, yep, it's going to be a busy one. Christmas, but looking forward, looking forward to it. We've been waiting for this for a while, so bring it on. Absolutely. Well, everyone out there tuning in, thanks for your time. I hope you've, uh, hope you've enjoyed the show and, and certainly hearing some of the insights of a very intelligent and very um, progressive young man in Carter Del Getty who's joined us on the show today. Um, good, good racing ahead of us. Enjoy the carnival. If you can get trackside, do it because you won't. You won't be disappointed in what any action you're going to see on track, whether that be in Newcastle, whether that be at Tabcourt Park, Menangle, whether that be at any of our tracks right across the state. You're going to get quality action um, certainly over the over the next few weeks with the Carnival of Miracles just getting started. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you can, give us a like, share, subscribe, all those buzzwords that uh, that make people uh, be alerted when podcasts land. We appreciate your time on the Sprint Lane. We will catch you again next week live here from Tabcourt Park, Menangle. Bye bye.